How can Christians face profound, life-changing suffering with their faith intact and find encouragement from God's word during a season of intense pain? Today's Differing Things looks at this very question. Now for our host, Bill Petrie. Romans chapter 8, verse 22 states, For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. How many of you have ever had to deal with suffering in an intense way? For some, it may be the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the loss of health, It could be the loss of a home after a natural disaster. It could be dealing with illnesses. But we all face and deal with pain and suffering in our lives. And oftentimes that pain and suffering can lead us to doubt our faith. It can cause us to have serious doubts about the love that God has for us. In the book of Acts, Luke records an event in the Apostle Paul's life that helps us understand our experiences of profound suffering. When God called Paul from being the church's prosecutor to be the the apostle to the body of Christ, the Lord showed him how much he would suffer for the sake of his name. Part of Paul's suffering came during a storm and a shipwreck on the Mediterranean Sea. This event is recorded for us in the book of Acts, chapters 27 and 28. By this time, Paul was a prisoner being transported to Rome to appear before Caesar. Dr. Luke was with him and details for us the hardships suffered during the storm, including the crews having to throw the ship's cargo and tackle overboard and everyone being so worried that they did not eat for two weeks. Eventually, the ship ran aground on a reef and everyone swam for shore after the Roman centurion in charge had persuaded his soldiers not to kill Paul and the other prisoners to prevent their escape. As if all this was not bad enough, once on shore, Paul was bitten by a poisonous snake. For us, the main lesson of this story is that God remains in control of everything, even when those involved lose all hope. For at one point in this story, Luke in Acts chapter 27 verse 20 records for us, For several days neither the sun nor the stars were to be seen, and the storm continued to rage until at last all hope of our being saved vanished. In ancient times, sailors got their bearings by seeing the sun and the stars. So when the storm blotted out heaven's lights, the condition of crew and passengers 
was indeed very grave. But then Paul stood up, telling everyone they should take heart because God had assured him in a dream that he would appear before Caesar and that in the meantime he would, he would also keep everyone safe. What happened to Paul and his companions in this storm when neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days can serve as a metaphor for what often happens to us when we suffer. God has made us to be needy creatures who are constantly on the hunt for various goods, air, food, water, shelter, safety, health, love, and happiness. Pursuing such goods requires our learning how to lead our lives so we can navigate through life in ways that are likely to secure what we want and need. Taking a particular tack on life to pursue our wants and needs requires us to get our bearings, much as the sailors in Acts needed to see the sun and the stars in order to navigate the Mediterranean Sea. A large part of getting our bearings involves our coming to lead our lives in terms of some stories. Stories help orient us by placing us somewhere on an arc or trajectory that has a beginning, middle, and end. Two different kinds of stories are necessary to give our lives their full meaning. A particular story and a general one. The particular story is about what our personal lives mean. Each of us needs to believe a story that orients us to the particular people, places, and things around us, describing where we have come from, where we are, and where we think we can go so that we can project ourselves into hopeful futures where we can get what we want and need. More technically, getting our bearings in life involves understanding our lives is including a set or series of narratives. That is, a set or series of stories that orient us to life by enabling us to perceive series of events and actions as involving meaningful sequences. Some narratives are short. When I went to the grocery store today, you'll never guess who I saw. And others, longer. My high school and college years were quite eventful. And then we go into detail on why they were eventful. Christians believe God has created the world for a purpose and that he has a narrative that articulates how he will accomplish that purpose. They believe their particular stories should track God's narrative. Of course, my use of the word story to refer to narratives does not imply that those narratives are untrue. I may, for instance, ask you 
what's your life story? And expect you will, so far as you are able, tell me a true story about your life. In fact, I believe you are obligated to tell as true a story as you can. The general story answers questions about what human life means. For instance, are we the product of blind, meaningless cosmic forces? Or have we been created by God to fulfill some specific purpose? <clears throat> Is human life about nothing but making money or pursuing our own personal happiness? even at the expense of others? Or is it about serving others and believing and obeying God? Following the example that the Apostle Paul set, after all, the Apostle Paul tells us to imitate him the way he follows God. Metaphorically, these two kinds of stories are the stars that guide us helping us navigate life's otherwise uncharted seas. Suffering tends to challenge these stories and shake our confidence. Even a mild headache can make me doubt a small part of my own personal story, which assumes that in a few hours I will be relatively pain-free. And profound suffering may threaten to blot out completely the light of the stars that are guiding us by making us doubt the general story we have accepted about what human life means. It casts a profound darkness over us, and that darkness can lead to depression and dark thoughts. Yet, as Luke's account of Paul's and his shipmates' suffering portrays, even if we lose our bearings, we should not conclude that God has lost his. God is provident over life's storms. That is, he sees the future in the sense that he can provide in advance for the needs of his people. God is not outside of time, and he doesn't know every single thing that will happen to you, but he can anticipate every single possible thing that can happen to you and make provision for each one of those things. Psalm chapter 107, verses 23 through 29 state, They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, 
and he brings them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Just as he spoke the sun and stars into existence to illumine and guide us, so that he has given us biblical life stories like Paul's to help keep our faith, hope, and love alive. Paul suffered three other shipwrecks, including one involving a night and a day adrift on the open sea. He was imprisoned and repeatedly flogged and beaten as well as stoned. He had been in danger from rivers and robbers, as well as from Jews and Gentiles and false Christians. He knew many cold and sleepless nights, and he was hungry and thirsty for days. On top of it all, he was constantly anxious for all of the churches that he had established. You can read all this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 16, going all the way through chapter 12 and verse 6. Yet precisely because of what he had learned about God and his faithfulness through all his suffering, he could confidently declare, If God is for us, who can be against us? For how will he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, not also with him, graciously give us all things. Romans 8, verses 31 and 32 tells us. These convictions enabled Paul to believe God when God assured him he would save him and his shipmates. Though the light of this world's sun and stars had disappeared, Paul kept his bearings. He kept his bearings by believing what God told him. He trusted God in God's word. Indeed, even before God had shown Paul the remarkable providence of saving him and his shipmates from this terrible storm, Paul was already urging. He was already urging others to trust in the good news that God had called him to proclaim. This good news or evangel is the story of the ultimate triumph we shall know in Christ Jesus the triumph of God's keeping us in Christ's love, and thus ultimately rescuing us from all bad things. Paul's faith in this story resounds throughout the letter he wrote to the Roman Christians not long before his arrest and his perilous trip over the Mediterranean Sea. It comes out in his attitude towards suffering, Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, And not only so, but we glory also in afflictions, knowing that affliction works out endurance, and endurance proven character, 
and proven character expectation. And the expectation does not put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. It comes out in his trust in God's perfect providence. Paul tells us in Romans 8.28, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall it be grievous affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? I submit to you nothing separates us. And it comes out in his unshakable confidence that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted? or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death, or facing the loss of something we hold dear? We can answer with a resounding no, assuredly not. For despite all these things, Paul declares in Romans 8, 36 and 37, even as it has been written for your sake, we are being put to death the whole day. We are counted as sheep for slaughter. No, in all these conditions, we are more than conquering through him who loves us. He can and ultimately will see his people safely through even the worst storms. Of course, sometimes these great declarations do not seem to ring true. Sometimes we can be so overwhelmed by what has befallen us that we cannot understand how God could possibly be working through it for our good. How can this, we find ourselves asking, come from a loving Savior's hand? Sometimes it can seem as if our suffering is so bad, so catastrophic, that we cannot imagine how it can ever be part of any overwhelming victory that will one day be ours through Christ. So sometimes our suffering does indeed threaten to destroy our faith. In the Christian stories, we have been using to guide us on our earthly ways. Sometimes the stars of faith and hope disappear. Perhaps you are puzzled right now by your own suffering or someone else's. Perhaps you are in the midst of some great or long-lasting storm of suffering that threatens to blot out heaven's lights 
and thus tempts you to lose all hope that you will ever see good again. If this is so, then I hope that you can get comfort through the pages of the Apostle Paul's writings. And may they do for you what the Apostle Paul himself experienced and came to realize when he stood and told his despairing companions right in the midst of their storm that God had given him a word guaranteeing he would deliver them. Paul proclaimed the message of hope in the midst of hopelessness. He knew that God never loses his bearings, no matter how bad things may seem, and that God would not promise what he could not do. And God did, as he said, for God controls all of life's storms. He can and ultimately will see his people safely through even the worst of storms. <clears throat> We have his word that when, whether in this life or in the one to come, those storms finally begin to subside and the sky begins to clear, we will look up and once again see the sun and the moon and the stars and then realize that our loving Heavenly Father has been with us all along our way. This to me, is great words of comfort. This to me is something that I can put my faith and my trust in because I know that God has me in the palm of his hand. And I know that God will make provision for me so that it all works for my good. Does he not state that all things work together for good to those who love God? I believe it does. And if it does, even the storms of life are working good in some way that you may not see, and you may not see it for a long time. But at some point, the lessons that you learned through that suffering will have a real benefit for you. <clears throat> I want you to understand when the apostle, <clears throat> the apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. There's a few things the Apostle Paul states here, and I want you to really listen to what verse 13 here of 1 Corinthians 10 states. There is no temptation, there is no trial, there is no suffering that you will face 
accept those that are common to all of mankind. And in that suffering, know that God is faithful. I think that's an interesting phrase that he has there. There is no temptation taken you, but such is as common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, so many people get this last, last part of this verse all wrong. They read it this way. He will not suffer you to be tempted above all that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. And they leave out the last part of the verse. That you may be able to bear it. He does not say that he's going to remove that suffering. Nor does he say that you will get out of it. But he will give you what you need so that you can endure it and go through it. And going through it, be conformed closer to the very image of our Lord and Savior. If you don't have this hope, if you don't have this comfort, I want you to know that you can have it today. And it's very easy. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 tell us, that we will have a permanent relationship with God if we believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Simply believing that and trusting that places you into a relationship with God that can never be undone. And you too, can experience the peace of God that passes all understanding that comes upon you when you deal with life and when you have to deal with those times when the stars disappear. Good day and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.